Friday Profile, which we always bring you at 2 o'clock, in fact, today, is matters pertaining to plastic. And this very event, in fact, we're speaking to the Minister of Environmental Affairs, that's uh, Minister Barbara Creasy, and um, she thought up this event. And I guess it also demonstrates the need for solutions for us to tackle this problem, which is on an unprecedented scale. One of our guests earlier on described it as an epidemic. We've actually been warned by the World Economic Forum that there will be more plastic than fish in our oceans by 2050 if we don't do something. The reality is that we can do more and it's a, the story can change. You can go onto our 702 Facebook page to be able to stream this particular conversation and the 702 Unplugged performance that's coming from uh, the colloquium a little bit later on with Matthew Mole. Minister, thank you so much for joining us. Greetings to you and all the listeners. So this is day two. Uh, we're in the final stretch of this colloquium. Uh, but before we get to these details, I want just to get a sense from you about how you're finding this particular portfolio. Well, it's a tough job. Mm. Um, very complicated, uh, seven different policy areas, each one uh, having its own crucial issues for our country and for our future. Yeah. Um, I've had to learn a lot. Um, but it's it's also it's interesting, it's exciting, and there's lots of room to do things that I think will make a difference. Yes, um, and your, your your department has been doing some research. I know that you conducted a plastic materials flow study, uh, and we need to lean on this recent research to understand exactly what we're, what we're confronted with. What are some of those insights? Well, I think the. The good news is that some of the initiatives by government and the private sector have yielded results in that about 46.5% of plastics are reused or recycled. Hmm. The bad news is all the rest is landing up either in uh, yeah. landfills or in the environment and as you mentioned earlier a great deal that goes into the environment finds its way into our oceans mm -hmm. so I suppose we're at the point where the glass is half full or half empty yes and the purpose of this colloquium is to put our heads together and say how do we deal with the other half mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. of course it's not an easy issue one of the reasons why there is so much waste in our environment is we still have 35% of households in our country that don't have weekly refuse removal. Uh, but the other reason is that the plastics sector is a, is a growing sector of our economy. Plastics, as we all know, is an extremely versatile yes. commodity. But that very versatility and durability is what creates the waste problem. Mm -hmm. I was uh, saying earlier that um, our ancestors left us the Parthenon. We're going to leave a pile oh. of plastic bags oh. for those who come 2,000 years after us. Yes, and that's such a problematic legacy. So, as you said, it's a question of whether the glass is half full or half empty. Uh, haven't been on this station, haven't profiled and spot, put a spotlight on plastics historically. I know many of our listeners often ask about uh, policies previously, especially pertaining to uh, grocery bags that we and the levy that we now pay. And the sort of impact that paying this levy has had, are we seeing a reduction? Are we seeing a change in behavior as far as usage is concerned? And what do we do about single-use plastic? Well, I think that... Um 
the the plastic bag levy and I would want to add a lot of the initiatives that the South African Consumers Council are taking with the retail sector to encourage consumers not to use plastic bags but to use um, fabric bags and so on are yielding some fruit in the formal part of our economy Mm -hmm. but once you move out of the well-known chains and you move into more informal retailing sectors you find that people are giving away plastic bags those plastic bags are not compliant with the regulatory environment and you would understand that that kind of activity is extremely difficult to police and to enforce So I think that the reason why we thought it was very important to bring everybody together was to say that what we really need is a national plan Mm -hmm. around plastic and plastic waste. Which brings us to the objectives of this particular gathering. Absolutely. So obviously the first thing that that we want to do is working together with the retail sector is to reduce the, the volume of packaging that that is in our environment. You asked earlier about the study, I and mean, we found that 54% of plastic waste is packaging. Mm. So, I mean, obviously we don't, we, we need to reduce that. Mm. But secondly, uh, I think the concept of the circular economy is helpful here. And that's a concept that says every product when it reaches the end of its current life cycle is the raw material for a different product yes and uh so we obviously want to increase recycling and reuse of in particular plastic single-use plastic products that means that you have to design those products from the beginning yes with the concept of recycling in mind um so we know, for example, that the PET bottle sector is the, the winner when it comes to recycling. They have a, an average of about 63% of bottles that are recycled, and they've now produced a fully recycled bottle. Yes. But uh, what they are saying is that if people can stick to producing clear or blue bottles, that would be much better. Um, and then the branding and the coloring can come on the label. Yeah. And that's a concept of designing your initial product with a view to the fact that it's, it will have a different life. And that's been future. part of the frustration because when we look at where the behavior needs to change, we often focus that primarily on residents, on consumers. And we don't take it back to manufacturers to say, if you produced differently, the chances of us being able to uh, dispose of more responsibly are higher and so it is the entire value chain that needs to 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 think of this problem in a different way so i'm curious about behavior change Mm -hmm. uh, because behavior change as a science has brought a lot of understanding of what human beings respond to um, and the sort of initiatives that are effective and those that are not effective and why they're not effective do we have any new thinking around that Well, I suppose the one thing that we do know is effective is if you are able to to say that waste is worth. Um, So, you know, when I was a child, there was a beverage manufacturer who produced beverages in glass bottles. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were all very clear, you don't throw those bottles away. Those bottles are pocket money. Yeah. Um, That beverage manufacturer now has a returnable plastic bottle. 
So obviously, um, today's children will know that's that's money. You don't throw that away. Mm-hmm. So so value creating value in waste is a uh, I think very important. We have almost a hundred thousand people in this country who are involved in the informal waste collection sector. Yes. What we call waste pickers. We spoke to the yes. national coordinator earlier, yeah. Now these are people who are working under very difficult, very dangerous and very insanitary conditions. But they are doing ninety percent of the recycling work because they are collecting these products, they are washing them, sorting them, bailing them. Um, and I think that that we've got a lot of work to do to formalize these, the, this particular sector. But obviously, the consumer has a role to play when it comes to these informal uh, waste pickers. Mm. In, you know, I live in a city where there's separation of source. It was only after I went to a, so, uh, uh, um, a buyback center and I saw the appalling conditions under which mainly women are working to sort waste that's coming from so-called household sorting. Yeah. That I realized that if every consumer just rinsed out the plastic before they put it in the, in the bin, uh, it would make an enormous difference to the health and the well-being uh, of, of those workers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got a lot of work to do also when it comes to those of us who like fast food. And I I really want to encourage consumers to be talking in social media to their favorite fast food producers and saying, I don't need my coffee in a plastic cup. I don't need a plastic teaspoon. Um, I don't need a plastic straw. I don't need a plastic straw. I don't want a polystyrene takeout box. Uh, can you give me something that's biodegradable? Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's really, really important. Um, and I think the, the other thing that, that all of us need to do as consumers is stop chucking waste around us. So the way in which we dispose it. Yes, dispose responsibly. Absolutely. And some would say we need more litter bins. We Absolutely. need for... Because... Like I said, about behavior change, what do we introduce into the environment to bring about the kind of behavior we want to see? So if we say littering is a problem, um, and if we say that our city planning, our spatial planning is a problem, informal settlements emerging close to, to, to rivers, for instance, and how people need to survive. So there's certain interventions that we could start to think of differently so that we can solve other problems as a consequence? Well, obviously, um, we have to take full responsibility as government for ensuring that all communities have responsible ways of disposing of their litter. And while we're dealing with this problem of households that don't have weekly collection, uh, through support we're giving to municipalities and so on, we also need to be saying, what is the interim solution? Now, we have companies who are exhibiting here who are doing fantastic work using schools as collection points. Um, I think the point was made earlier, you shouldn't be recycling in schools, we absolutely agree. Schools are educational institutions, but they can serve in in communities as collection points. Um, And obviously those collection points need to then be integrated by both uh, industry and government. 
into the overall plan around recycling. Mm. There's still so much more to interrogate. We'll take your calls if you have questions. 011-883-0702-31702 for your SMSs this afternoon. We're coming to you from the Plastic Colloquium, which is happening a second day, in fact, at the Birchwood Hotel. And uh, we're speaking now to the Minister of Environmental Affairs, Barbara Creasy. Friday Profile. It's 22 minutes past two and the Friday profile today is all matters pertaining to plastic and the work that is being done by the Department of Environmental Affairs because today there is a plastic colloquium. It started yesterday and it's a platform for all stakeholders across the value chain to gather and to discuss the very pertinent issues affecting us and of course how we deal with plastics. And in the segment we've got the Minister, Barbara Creasy, joining us because this was in fact her idea. So there was demand. People were, were approaching you with their efforts and saying we need a more united, unified uh, kind of movement towards solving this problem. Yes, um, when I was uh, first appointed I obviously received lots and lots of communication from a whole range of uh, members of the public, non-governmental organizations and so on. And a number of those letters were dealing with, with, well, environmental pollution in general and plastic pollution in particular. Right. And um, raise, raising concerns around the amount of plastic that's in our oceans, raising concerns around microplastics. And the and effects on marine life. I think that's absolutely. the part that has had many of us heartbroken that this is the effect we're having. Well, you know, fishing is a, is a very big employer in South Africa. Um, and there are a number of coastal communities, thousands of, of coastal communities that are dependent mm. on fishing. Mm. And uh, clearly, plastic pollution is, is affecting um, not only individual uh, sea animals themselves, but it's, in, it's affecting the whole marine environment. Mm. Um, and uh, the uh, United Nations recently did a study and they reckon that the impact of plastic pollution on the fishing industry globally is is equivalent to a loss of 13 billion US dollars per annum. Mm. So that's a it's a huge impact. Let's go to Neil, who's giving us a call from Tswane. Good afternoon, Neil. Right, just trying to pick up that call. Hi, Neil. Welcome. Yes. Oh, hi, hi. Um, yes, um, I'd like to find out what your view is on uh, bioplastics with regards to biodegradability and compostable plastics, as well as okay. dissolving um, plastic or bioplastics in their All right. Okay. Neil, thank you so much for your question. He wants to know about biodegradable plastics and, mm. of course, uh, plastics that are compostable mm. and also the department's role. Look, this is a, it's a, a new comer to the plastics industry in South Africa. Um, what, what I said when I opened this event today is that it's very important that we now research this particular product. Obviously, um, we've got to understand what would be the relevant regulatory environment. Um, we've also got to understand what kind of standards would we need to introduce in relation to these products. I think the thing that we want to make sure in our research and in, in our regulatory environment is that they are in fact compostable 
and that we don't have a situation where what we're doing is breaking big plastic products into microplastics because that creates a whole another set of problems. So they came into the market without the relevant research? Well, uh, I think that um, these are, are products that um, have emerged mm. uh, elsewhere in the world. There, there is an interest in the producers to introduce these products into the South African market. And um, there are exhibitors at this, yes. this exhibition with these products. But you products. want to test and understand so for yourself. So I think that, that what's important is that when this new product is coming, we've got to look at this product and, and understand it. And understand, um, so maybe company A has a compostable product and uh, company B doesn't have a compostable product. Mm -hmm. So what would be the necessary standards mm -hmm. uh, if, if this is a new newcomer into the industry and uh, what validation are we giving to consumers that indeed yes. these are compostable yes. alternatives. Yes. So I think that, that as I say, these are new products and uh, we still need to go that, that route. Right. Let's go next to Kamlela, who's calling us from, is it uh, Lanesia? Hi. Hello. Hi, Kamela. Hi. I see it's Kamela. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? We're good. Thank you. What is your question or comment, Kamela? You know, I wanted to know, do they recycle uh, material? Re what about recyclable materials or who recycles okay, material? Do you recycle materials? Which materials? I got, like a, I got, I got a whole lot of bags, you know? Oh, I see. So, I so recyc recycling programs. So, okay. Um, that, let's uh, check in with the minister on that one. Thank you so much, Camila. So, as, and, and I think this brings us into the question of uh, awareness, consumer awareness. What is the plan around that? Because they, as much as all these wonderful people here that are gathered here today uh, are bringing about programs, are introducing new things into the market, if consumers aren't aware what our responsibilities are and what is available, then they're, they're as good as dead in the water. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, we were, we were discussing, you'll remember, off, off air, um, just the the scope mm -hmm. of what is happening around this this plastics problem yes. that we um, as relatively informed people were not aware of, and I, I think that um, mm -hmm. one of the things we've been discussing in our department is how do you put together public awareness campaigns that are targeting different types of audiences because. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're in the media space. You know the public is not just a globular yes. mass. Yes. Um, and how do you how do you measure environmental awareness? Um, we we're talking about doing a baseline study um, amongst the public on environmental awareness. What do people know? And uh, because we we believe that if we're going to introduce systematic public education we need to, to know where are we starting yes. um, and we also need to understand what is the awareness amongst different groups of the public so um, we all know that our children are much more aware of environmental issues than we are mm -hmm. um, so uh, 
you know, wh which segments of the public do we need to be targeting with what messages? Yes, because the conversation could have run ahead and yet we have a public that still believes perhaps that throwing out a bottle or a can of cold drink out the window is job creation because that's that's part of what we often hear. Um, and then let's go to Lisedi calling us from Brits. Lisedi, your question or comment this afternoon? Hi. Hi, Alza. How are you? Very good. Welcome, Lisedi. Go ahead. Okay, I would like to find out from the minister if the government of South Africa aims to prohibit the use of plastic microbits. Um, they're usually found in cosmetics, toothpaste. Yeah, that's sort of... Thank you. Great question, because we know that microplastics are a problem in the environment. Is there a possibility of putting in regulations around them? We are working on regulations around microplastics. Uh, we think that this is one product that was not designed with end use in mind. Yes. And yes. Um, we are working with, um, it's actually the health authorities that, that regulate uh, what is in cosmetics. We're working with them. Mm -hmm. We're also working with the DTI and the Bureau of Standards to to uh, look at look at the question of standards and regulation of this particular product. Then finally, what is going to happen with the discussions that have been had here? So, I, I said at the outset that what I'm interested in developing is the master plan. Yes. Um, we, we have, over the last few hours, been having commissions on specific issues and specific topics. Um, those commissions uh, are part of working groups that have worked before this conference and will continue to work afterwards. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hoping that we're going to get when we go back to the closing plenary now is action steps mm -hmm. that we can implement going forward. Um, these working groups have, have included public education, what kind of infrastructure do you have to set up for recycling, yes. what changes do you need to make to the regulatory environment, uh, what kind of things do you need to do to enhance product development and, and marketing of products. So I'm looking forward to concrete suggestions, which we will then weave into this master plan so that we have something to implement. Yeah, because I think the regulations that we did have from a few years ago need an update and, of course, implementation. And wherever possible, we need to have some sort of um, uh, fines being issued or means that allow us to adhere to the correct behavior, whether as businesses or consumers uh, uh, um, uh, and stakeholders in, in this particular plastic story. Thank you so much. Minister. Wonderful to be with you.